0: Good morning, Milestone Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Man, that's awesome. As uh, Pastor Chris mentioned, uh, my name is Garrett Craig, and uh, I'm so glad to be here. And as he mentioned in the introduction, and he's looking kind of tan. So how many of you guys are excited about uh, your pastor coming back next week? And so I know uh, Pastor Chris and Wendy are amazing pastors. And as he mentioned, uh, I am a pastor at the Keller campus. And my wife and I have been a part of Milestone Church since day one. And so if you've been through our discovery class or you've been around a little while, you've heard a story about 32 people that sold homes, made a journey, um, and uprooted and planted Milestone Church. Well, my wife and I, 19 years ago, we were a part of that journey. And I served as a lay leader for many years. Um, I'll get into some of my background as we go through this message with the topic I want to talk to you about. But it is an honor and a privilege, really, to be here. Uh, I met Pastor Chris and Wendy several years ago at a pastors' gathering. And uh, one thing I can say about them—they love you, and they love uh, ministry, and everything about them really is uh, about helping people take their step, next steps, and and doing all that God wants to do each and every one of you, and so I know wherever they are right now, they're thinking about you, they're praying about you, and and I'm excited to be a part. When he asked me to uh, to fill in and to be a part of uh, this process here at McKinney, I was so honored and excited, because I've been a part of Milestone since day one, but I have not yet been out here, so this is my first experience to come out and to be with you guys this afternoon or this morning, and, and, and it is everything that we talk about, so I don't know if you know this or not, but we talk. About Milestone McKinney often. Why? Because you may not know this, but you are probably sitting in the fastest growing church on the planet. So, in the last year, year and a half, Every other church has seen a decline, so we've been looking at Milestone McKinney, but people are coming. Some of you have become a part of Milestone Church uh, during the pandemic and growing, and so it's amazing to look at and to be a part. And I just want to celebrate with you guys. And what I've heard over the last several weeks, uh, salvations have happened in our children's area, and people are connecting, taking next steps. And I've talked with a few of you uh, before service, and 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 just hearing your story and some of your journey to be. uh, connected here at Milestone Church and so it is an honor and a privilege really to, uh, to, to be a part of this process and hopefully even though you don't know me, I'm not seen as just some guest. Um, I don't know if I'm a brother or a cousin, not quite sure what I am in relation, but what I can say is we're family. And that Milestone Church, and we pray for you, and we are a part of what God is doing, uh, really not just in our environments at Milestone, but across this region. And as uh, Pastor Chris mentioned, when we started the church, 32 of us, we set out to just create an environment where people would be transformed, and that ultimately we would, as a people, be reach the world for Christ and have people walking in health and to be a part of a church. So it's a it's kind of a surreal moment for me because when we uprooted and sold homes and changed jobs and I moved with a one-year-old to re- relocate from Abilene, Texas to the Keller area, we knew one day we would have a reach, um, but to be here and to look at really not the end, but we're continuing to to grow and invest, but for me, I'm up here, and it's a surreal moment because I get to see what we did this for. Uh, we didn't just move to have a new experience. We moved to invest in lives, and so thank you for being a part of that, and it's this is not just some theory. Um, When we started it, it was theory, and we prayed, and we're like, okay, God, you better show up, but now we're seeing it a reality, and you're a part of that, and there's a future, and there is a hope, and there is a purpose, and, and so you are a part, whether today is your first day, and maybe you just found yourself Looking for a church? Uh, welcome. I'm glad that you're a part. Or maybe you've been around for a while and this is your home church. And what I want to talk to you today, continuing on with a, a theme of growing, is really about being planted in the house of the Lord, because that's really been my experience. And so, uh, again, thank you for allowing me to be here Um to be with you and to help share a little bit about what it means from my vantage point and what I see in scripture to be planted in the house of the Lord. Because again, when we set out 19 years ago to create an environment, we had no idea what God would do. But what I do know about God Whatever we think, he has more in store. When we want someone to get saved, he wants the household. Whenever we want to be blessed, he sees generations. And so wherever you are and whatever your relationship is with God, he has more for you. And we're going to talk about that today. And, and again, we started off this year with the word grow. So at Milestone Church, we decided we our word for the year is to grow. And hopefully we've grown and hopefully you've grown. And the last series that Pastor Chris finished was about the Holy Spirit. So we were growing in the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And in the last couple of weeks, you've had some of amazing communicators. I'm not real sure how I got pulled into the lineup, but I'm glad I'm here. Uh, Pastor Drew talking about a full life and living missional. And, and last week, Pastor Tim about serving, and then to continue our conversation, I want to talk to you about being planted in the house of God. We'll give you just a little bit about who I am. Um, my wife was unable to be here today, but um, my wife Jeanette, I've been married to her 22 years. so we'll celebrate 22 years next month. Um, Pastor Jeff Little, I met him in Abilene. He uh, did our wedding and so we've been walking together for many years. and I think I have a picture of my my family. so I've got four kids and so you can see uh, this is our this is the the latest. Family photo with us all together. So we're fully in the teenage flow and, and throes of life right now. And so getting us all together uh, is really you need a master's degree in logistics to be able to synchronize up. And if you have teenagers and multiple kids, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, so this is my family. My wife and I in the back. Uh, her name is Jeanette. She's beautiful. We uh, met and married in Abilene. And so I was attending a church, and she just happened to show up one day. I was leading a Sunday school. Environment and she saw me. Come on, somebody. I didn't see her. Um, I was focused on the Lord, and that's what she saw. And so, uh, uh, find your spouse in the house. And so, uh, she did. So, I think it's worked out really okay. She has to love me, but you know, I was talking to somebody. I ask her often, Do you like me? The Bible says she has to love me, but she doesn't always have to like me, and so uh, most days she likes me. Uh, So that's Jeanette. And then not in birth order, but in picture order, uh, over here on uh, the left is Zoe. Uh, Zoe will be 15 in a few weeks, and so we are uh, learning how to drive and uh, this, is be, this will be the third that I've taught how to drive, and it doesn't get any easier. I think it gets scarier, and uh, so she's behind the wheel now. We're learning, and maybe you've heard this statement that there are no such things as atheists in foxholes and when planes going down. Well, I want to add an environment to the mix. When you're training your kid to drive, and you don't have one of those wheels or the brakes. And so, especially in DFW. So, that's Zoe. Uh, she's our musical girl. She's always singing. I mean, she's living a musical in our lives. Uh, next to Zoe is my oldest son, Eli. Uh, when he was 13, he was like, Dad, his voice is deeper than mine. It's amazing. When I personate him, I have to go down. He's like, Dad. Uh, he was Elijah. He's like, can you call me Eli? And I'm like, dude, I'll call you whatever. You're Eli. So he's 19, graduated high school last year, and uh, is going to school, works for Chick fil A as a manager. So it's, he's, he's doing great. He's got a new, new thing happening in our world. He has a girlfriend. So we're navigating some of that stuff. And so we're like, hey, you know, now he's like, Dad, what, what should I do? How do I, you know, so we're helping him. He asks for advice now. And then next to Eli is our youngest, again, not birth order. So I know it's messing with some of you out there. It's like, it's messing with me maybe. Uh, this is Isaiah. He is 12. And so he is just, uh, he's, he's like me. He's a mini me, uh, same personality. And so you guys don't know me much, but I, I'm, you know, pretty, uh, pretty outgoing and uh, like to have fun. So does he. He would probably be jumping off stuff right now. So that's Isaiah. And then my uh, uh, 16-year-old daughter, Melia... And so she uh, knows how to drive. So Eli and Malia both know how to drive. They've successfully completed the the journey. I have grown in my dependence on the Lord through the experience. And uh, she graduates. She's going to be a senior next year in high school. So we're looking at colleges. So uh, it's amazing. So that's my family. A little bit about who we are and uh, and my family. And so again, that it's exciting to uh, they've they've grown up in these environments. We're we're a product. I'm a product of this environment uh, called Milestone. Church. I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I got saved in boot camp. Uh, I was in the Air Force. We actually call it basic training. And so uh, it's called Military Light, uh, business class. And so uh, I got saved there at 18. And growing up, Jesus Christ was a cuss word. I was raised a heathen, and so uh, we we I'm a first generation Christian, and so my kids have grown up in this environment. And so what I'm going to share with you today is really about an environment that is planted in the house of the Lord, and what God does through that. And and it's it's amazing to me when we stay together, stay in the environment, and allow God to really orchestrate our lives in order. And ordain our steps. The Bible says that we will set the course of our lives, but God orders and ordains the steps. And there are some of you here today where that's that's speaking to you. You know exactly what I'm talking about because you have experienced that. But there are some of you in the room where you're just like, man, I just, you know, that girl. I'm just here because there's a girl. Uh, some of you are in here, you just you, you were maybe trying to be somewhere else, but you ended up here at Milestone. Whatever the reason and whatever the, the course and steps that you have taken, there's no mistake. And so um, this is an environment to grow, and that's what we have set out as a church. And, and when we understand God's ability to plant us in his house and with his purpose, that's his plan. God has no plan B. He has no plan B primarily because, one, he doesn't need a plan B, and because his plan works. The local church works, and it's so great to be a part of a church that works. Not only are we active, but also we're functional. And So if you're new to Milestone, and there's something different, you're feeling something different about it, let me just tell you what you're feeling. You're feeling an environment that's for you we want more for you than from you and so this is a place for you to kind of grow and and learn what god wants to do but also become activated in this process and so if you have your Bibles we're going to start today on this idea of planted and what it means by looking at a passage in Psalm 92 um, really that this passage sets the tone of my message and we're gonna go through several different passages and so I'm gonna work through a couple characters in the Bible because what I want to do is we want it, the Bible to speak to us and when I go to the Bible I, I want it to speak to me I'm not looking for uh, the Bible to speak what I want it to say but there's an idea and a concept that's all throughout scripture in its holistic approach from Genesis to maps and so this idea of God planting us it comes right out of Psalm 92:13 and so let's read this it says those who are planted in the house of the Lord they shall flourish in the courts of our God And so this principle and process that I've seen play out in my own life but also in the lives of others. I was fortunate enough that when I got born again, uh, God planted me in an environment. I met Pastor Jeff Little and got connected real quick that immediately I was activated. Um, and began helping and growing, and and I, I was in the uh, military, then I spent 12 years in healthcare, and in 2011, I resigned from healthcare, actually Blue Cross and Blue Shield just down the street, uh, was where I worked for 12 years, um, and then I went into full-time ministry. But one of the things that I value so much was that while I was not a pastor or in ministry, I was activated to help people grow. So I've seen this principle play out in my own life but in others' lives and this idea of being planted. What does it mean to be planted? What does it look like to be planted? And and how do you know if you are planted? And so you know, what I want to look at is really all about this process. Because there is this idea of planting, but God has a process and and we're going to talk about God's placement, God's provision, and then also God's desire for us to be productive, because how many of you know God wants us to be productive? He wants us to be productive in this. And so to be planted, we have to understand the way God builds. There is a principle. I tell my kids this all the time because we're in this coaching season with adolescents. It's all about self-preservation. And so if you've got teenagers in the house and you know what I'm talking about, if you've got littles that are on their way, give you, you know, a good point of advice. Um, teenagers are all about self-preservation. So it's all about what they think and how they think, even if it's wrong. So I'm always telling my kids, I'm like, there's the world you want, and then there's the world that is. And the world that is, God has principles and precepts. And if you have successfully um, graduated your kids out of the house, and, uh, and I heard someone say one time, grandkids is your reward for not murdering your kids. Uh, I'm not there yet, but uh, but <laughs> it's fun. Uh, I, I joke I joke about it. But... Being a parent has been amazing because it's caused me to learn how to depend on God, pray, and to understand these principles. So these principles are at work. This idea of how God uh, plants us in the church, and so uh, placement, provision, and to really understand this idea, we have to, you know, go back to the beginning. And all throughout Scripture, we see story after story, character after character, from from Adam to Jesus being placed. Even Titus and 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 really even John and Paul. Uh, I'm not sure where Ringo is um, or George, but I'm sure they were placed somewhere too. Some of you guys in the room understand what I'm talking about, the, younger, the Beatles. Uh, I love watching these concert shirts are back. I'm a, I'm a rocker. I, like, I play drums, and so I'm a musician. I see all these concert shirts back, and I'll ask these kids, and I'm like, hey, do you know who that is? Uh, or do you like the shirt? I'm like, we just like the shirt. And so, But whatever the reason is, we see a pattern over and over and over throughout Scripture that God places God moves. God creates an environment and a climate to do an amazing work in all of our lives. And you're not here by mistake. And some of you, you're here. Maybe COVID. COVID spits you out from where you came from. I was talking to some individuals that have moved from California, and even some of you that have moved from New York. Not necessarily COVID-related, but There's a reason that you're here and God has a unique way of providing and placing you in an environment really to ultimately accomplish his purpose, his plan. And so the challenge I have for you today is, you know, you're being placed and God's placing you, but are you aware of his placement? And so to fully understand this concept, what seems like random decisions and resumes that you've thrown out or the opportunity to be a telecommuter has now allowed you to move and you can go anywhere on the planet and do your work. God has used that to do some amazing things in your lives. And maybe you're here and you're like, I haven't seen God do anything amazing, and you're on the front end of placement. Hopefully today I can shed some light on your journey to give you some hope and some encouragement. So to understand this idea of placement, we have to go all the way back to the beginning, back to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to start and look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. You know, to fully understand this idea of being planted, we have to first understand that God places. So placement is what God begins to do to be planted. And for years, when I had read the creation account, when I had heard the creation account preached and taught in my mind, I just assumed and understood that God created man inside the garden and fashioned him, breathed into him, and and he was just there. What stood out to me over years of walking out my own journey, this idea of God formed him in his hand, but then he placed him in the garden. He wasn 't necessarily created there, who knows really where he was created He was in God's hand, but there was a placement that happened and what we see is moment after moment there was a placement and nothing's changed there's still a placement. The real question is are we are we aware of the placement of what God is doing in our lives and and, and regardless of what you might feel in terms of your placement God's will does prevail you're here today because you are recognizing that God is supreme and sovereign and you're here, wherever you are, whether you're strong with God and and right, or maybe you're just like, I'm not real sure. Maybe you're an atheist. Maybe you are a non-believer here. We want to hopefully change that today. Wherever you are with God, he has a plan. He has a place and his will prevails. You know, we were singing uh, one of my favorite songs is uh, one of the songs we sang this morning. Where would I be without you? See, not raised in the church, when I hear that lyric, when I sing that song, it hits me emotionally because I look at where I would be, and I, can, I don't have to go very far, but look at my friends, and most of them are dead and not alive. I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, the friends I hung out with in high school, most of them are dead or in jail, and so I was not on that right path, and so um, where would I be without you? So maybe you're here, and you're like, where would I be without you, God? And maybe you've been in church your whole life. There's something powerful about where we would be without him. Guess what? He's never left you. He's always with you, and he is placing you and guiding you. And so when we understand this idea of placement, it's helpful and I want to fast forward in our journey through some stories. There's a story of a man named Joseph. It's a familiar story, and, and maybe it's new to you, but if you fast forward in the book of Genesis, from the beginning we see Adam being placed, but then there's a man who has multiple sons, and one of his sons is named Joseph. And Joseph, at 17, got a dream. His dream was, it was amazing, and it was from God. But Joseph did what most 17-year-olds do, I'm going to share the dream and be proud about it. And he shared it with his family and his brothers because the dream was from God. But here's what his dream was Dad, brothers, one day you're going to bow to me because I'm awesome. And we all know how that ended up, and maybe you don't. It's like, tell me more. He ultimately got sold in slavery, uh, hated by his brothers, and basically lived a life and a journey with moment after moment, circumstance after circumstance that didn't really feel like he was going to ever accomplish the dream that God put in his heart falsely accused, imprisoned, and so there's all sorts of circumstances that would have indicated that this dream would never come alive. Thirteen years later, he finally enters that career that God had in store for him to serve Pharaoh. Why do I talk about Joseph? Because, see, Joseph got a dream from God, but his circumstances would have indicated that it would have never accomplished some of you have dreams from God. Some of you have ideas. Some of you you were you were told by God. Maybe you had impressions that you would be somewhere, do something. Some of you are here because you made a move, but maybe the circumstances haven't lined up. Or maybe you've moved and you're like, "Man, my circumstances are awesome. Things are great." I'm just here to tell you that according to scripture and life, not All circumstances and circumstances are really not a great guide or gauge on what God is doing because God has something more in store. And so at the end of Genesis in chapter 50, we see Joseph, this man who was falsely accused, imprisoned, and had all sorts of roadblocks to this dream. We see him summarize uh, an understanding of placement. Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20. Here's what Joseph said. He says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God, question mark? It's a rhetorical question. He was basically saying, I'm where God wanted me to be. And how do we know that? Because if you continue reading, he says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish one of the most powerful passages of all the Bible, to accomplish what is now being done—the saving of many lives—see, there's always a greater purpose with your placement. You might have moved here for jobs. You might have moved here for, uh, you know, the promised land, better economics. You can buy bigger houses for less, especially if you come from the east or west coast. Whatever, you may be here. You might be here at Milestone saying, I just need some friends. And Milestone was the only church open a year ago. Whatever the reason is, let me just tell you God has more in store for your placement to be here. So, your placement in life and how you understand this is vital to your existence. When you understand God's placement, Then you begin to interpret your circumstance through the lens of a biblical worldview and what God wants to do. And I want to encourage you that wherever you are, there's there's more. There's more that God wants to do with your placement. And although Joseph had all of these encounters and circumstances, Joseph understood and recognized this idea of placement. There's two things about placement that I want you to remember. Number one, God does the placing. He's the one who places. And number two, there's always a greater purpose. And so the second principle of being planted that I see at work is this principle of provision. So number two is provision. And I want to look at Elijah's story. So Elijah is a prophet in the Old Testament. And so we're moving through the Bible. I'm sharing some stories. Why? Because this is something that's not just isolated. This is something that happens over and over and over all throughout Scripture. So Elijah... Uh, in First Kings chapter 17, he's a man of God. He's powerful. He's serving the king. And in verse one, he says, the, "This is what the scripture says." Now, Elijah, the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead, said to Ahab, "As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, so no question on who he was serving, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years, except at my word." I love the confidence and the power. He's like, I will bring rain at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and I love this. He's like, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. And then here's the provision point. You will drink from the brook, and I have ordered or directed the ravens to feed you there. So we see God's provision in this movement. Skip down to verse 7. Sometime later I love the stories of the Bible. Just some time later, what we knew would happen, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, what's crazy about this story and the reason that I bring this story out and try to bring a practical application with maybe where you are. So Elijah serving God says a drought's coming, but then God moves him to the most absolute worst place ever to be in a drought, and that's the desert. I mean, the desert's dry anyway. And so, but praise God, there was a brook for a season. Imagine what was going through Elijah's mind. I mean, it's almost like God was hanging him out to dry. And he was. Bring him out, but he had a provision already established. See, he's learning how to obey God for a greater purpose. So God places him, moves him out from the king, and into the desert. Tells him, I'm going to provide for you by ravens and the brook, but the brook dries up. Now, one thing about the raven is in Jewish culture, a raven is what's considered an unclean bird. It's a dirty bird. So they were not allowed to touch or eat the raven, yet the raven was bringing him a a sandwich probably every day at some level. I mean, imagine that. So maybe what you are experiencing, you moved here or you're apart and and from an unlikely source god is providing and and so maybe that thing hasn't worked out the way it has planned but when you look back you see that god's provided he's provided something because there's a provision and and maybe it's not just material resources see god desires more for you so you might not have the material resources, but he's providing friends, he's providing relationships. Maybe you have a child you're believing for that that's away from God right now, and, you're, and the move or relocation has been about helping that son, that daughter, come to a right relationship with Christ. As the the older I get, I'm 44 now, and my kids get older. You know, when I was younger, it was all about let's make money and be in career. I was in healthcare, so I, I saw that track happening. Um, but the older I get, the, the more what I desire most is that my kids would walk with God and walk strong with God and have a relationship with him like I have. And so, what, you know, no amount of money or prestige replaces what we want for our kids or whatever. So wherever, maybe you're here and you've laid down a job, a business, and and, and now you are believing for God. See, God provides. He provides not only relationally, materially, spiritually, he creates an atmosphere. He creates an environment and an atmosphere that produces growth. And that Milestone Church, that's what we are all about. We're about creating an atmosphere. And that's why we, 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 we have an atmosphere of action and commitment. And we believe that in order for you to fully understand God's plan, God's purpose, and, and what he wants for you is to get activated in your faith, to be a part. And that's why we're constantly encouraging you to participate in the growth track. Uh, not because we just need attendance, it's because you need to grow and, and be activated. So you can be connected in a church but not committed, but you can't be committed without connection. So maybe you're here and you're just trying to figure this life out. God has a relationship, a story for you, there are relationships, some of you are here looking for friends, and and... God has that in store. He wants to help you. So get involved in the growth track and, and serving. And I tell people uh, who come to Milestone Church for the first time, and, and I said, oh, there's two reasons why God would connect you to Milestone Church. The first reason is you have something that Milestone Church needs. Because this is an everyone church. We work together and you have a gift. The second reason is there's something that Milestone Church has that you need. And when we join arms together, link arms together with one purpose of God's design and God's purpose to reach the world, it creates an environment that's attractive. People want to be a part of something that is bigger than them, that creates an environment of love and acceptance, but it's also designed to be functional. Because I don't know about you, but I, I grew up in a dysfunctional home. I didn't even know my home was dysfunctional until I got around function. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I was really dysfunctional. I mean, it, there are people on the planet. Maybe, maybe maybe, you don't know that you're dysfunctional. I don't know. I didn't know it was dysfunctional until I got around something healthy, and I'm like, there's a lot different about your experience and mine. Yeah, okay, yeah, this, that, and the other, and my friends, you know, dying and all this. So, okay, yeah, uh, I've been a part of dysfunction. So when you get next to something functional, it's attractive. You want to be a part of that. And, God invites you to be a part of it. God's inviting you to be a part of what we're doing. And and to flourish in the house of God requires to be planted. God plants you by design, but then there's a placement, there's this uh, provision. And that leads me to the third point, that when you're flourishing, there's a productivity that happens. See, God wants us to be productive, and at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but I want to be productive. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to just do something that's meaningless. I like charts. I like spreadsheets. I like key performance indicators and metrics, and I am an Excel nerd. I love it. Any Excel nerds in the room? You got a few of you? Yeah, come on. You've we, got to celebrate the nerds. And so the reality is we like to be productive, and here's a, a tip. Not all activity is productive activity. And I I don't want to just be productive, I want to be effective. Well, guess what? God wants you to be productive as well. For years, I've talked with men and women that were effective and productive in the marketplace, but would come to church and it's like, well, it doesn't work. I don't want to be a part of that. And so people will invest their talents and energy and, and gifts in the marketplace because they see health and production. Let I me mean, just tell you, Milestone Church is a productive environment. We want you to be productive. We want you to be productive not only in this house, but also in your workplace, also in your homes, because there is a plan and there's a better way to live effective and productive. And so flourishing requires a fruitful life. And I don't know about you, but nobody wants to be ineffective or unproductive. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in 2 Peter. So we're fast-forwarding to the New Testament. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, For if you possess these qualities, and if you go back and read what these qualities are, faithfulness, perseverance, endurance, maturity, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, if you're growing, they will keep you from being ineffective, and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Basically, Peter's talking about how to continue growing in your knowledge of Christ. But guess what? God wants you to be productive in your marketplace. He wants you to be productive in in where you work. For years, I had a call to ministry. God spoke to me in 1999 and and called me into the ministry. Uh, I didn't resign from healthcare until 2011. So 12 years walking out this calling, wondering when. So what did I do? I I, I did my best at Blue Cross and Blue Shield. And I I asked God to give me insight to how to solve problems and to care for people and love people. And guess what? He did. And he can do the same for you. I'm not special, but I have access to the one who is. See, God provides answers. He provides solutions. And so begin praying and asking. He wants you to be productive. And when we do this, there's an environment that's creative. and uh, There's an environment in the church that I want to highlight here because when there is a healthy, strong atmosphere of people doing what God's calling them to do, understanding that they are living on purpose, there is a productive environment. And so when when I look at the book of Ephesians, I see a very productive, healthy, vibrant, ideal church. And so there's a passage in chapter 4, Verse 16, this is a, a productive environment. It says, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, the older I've gotten, I realize that it's really not about the strength of the muscle. Honestly, it's about the tendons. It's about the ligaments. It's about what holds things together. And when you, as the younger guys in the room, you'll understand this later, but as you get older, you can be strong and your muscle can be awesome, but if that ligament is not connected, you're not going to be able to do anything. And if you've snapped a ligament or had any of those things, so when you look at the Bible, it's the connection points that work together. So your gift, ligamented and connected to somebody else's gift, working together to accomplish God's will, God's purpose on the earth, a local church, which is God's plan, then we're strong, each of us building each other up, and and every part's doing its work. So my heart is for you. Our church is for you. We want you to grow in every area. And all of us have next steps. And so my, my goal today is to help you understand this idea of being planted and what it looks like, and that there's a process, placement, and provision, and being productive And the best way to be productive is to take your next step. And all of us have a next step. Some of your next steps may be to jump in the growth track. And this is not some pitch to, you know, we need somebody in the growth track. I'm just telling you what we've done for 19 years. For 19 years, it has been step by step, and we're going to continue to do that for 19 more, 20 more, 30 more, beyond where we are. Because the story of Milestone doesn't end because we are just one church across God's plan, which is the church. And so we are one expression of that. But you have a role, you have a place, and there's a place for you to be a part of what's happening today. But maybe you're here, and you are just evaluating what it means to be a Christian. And I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. If you're lost today, one, I, when I was lost, I knew I was. And maybe you're here and you know you have not made that decision to trust fully in Christ. Well, today's the day that I want to encourage you to do that. Don't come in, don't be ineffective, don't spend an hour at church and leave lost. That's unproductive. But if you recognize and say, you know what, I, I'm ready to take that step, it's an easy process. You admit you're a sinner, believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And then the final, most important step is to confess him as Lord. And so that's it. That's what salvation's about. That's the first step of learning how to be productive. But maybe you're here and you're like, I am a Christian, but I'm, I'm kind of lost in transition. And I'm needing God to give guidance. Today we look really to Jesus. Because Jesus is our author, he's the perfecter, he's the finisher of our faith. And so wherever you find yourself today, whatever transition that you're in, whatever maintenance mode that you're in, maybe some of you, you're like, I'm not in transition, I'm just in maintenance. But God has a plan and God wants you to move beyond maintenance and begin walking in commitment.